Today on The Journey with Pastor Steve DeWitt. You want to know what your priorities really are beyond what you say and the, the, the games that you play. You can know by simply looking in your checkbook what the most important things are in, in our lives. That's the way that it works. The more that we have, the less we want to give. Our possessions actually possess us. Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt, senior pastor at Bethel Church in Northwest Indiana. Despite record inflation, America is a greatly blessed nation. The vast majority of us have food on our plates and a roof over our heads. So what are you doing with the blessings God's given you? Today in The Journey, Pastor Steve DeWitt presents a challenging message about God's blessings. Are you hoarding them away or living generously? For more resources on biblical generosity, visit thejourney.fm. Now here's Pastor Steve with part two of his message, How to Be Blessed. I hope that you know that I love you. And I hope that perhaps I have earned the right to speak the truth in love to you and to speak into your heart without you wondering whether or not I care for you or I love you. I love you. And I desperately want here at our church and in your life for you to experience the blessing of God. And you've already said by amening uh, that this is something that you want in your life as well. So we are on the same page here. We want the same thing. And so I just want to ask some questions here this morning. Are we as a church, a church that is sowing generously? Are we? Can we anticipate God's blessing in our church? If God The principle he applies is, if you are generous to me, I'll be generous to you. Can we anticipate God's generosity to us as a congregation or to you personally in your family or not? And I'll just ask this question. Do we look like a Jesus, love Jesus kind of church? And here's the principle. God, you can read it yourself. You have Bibles, most of you. Read it yourself. Sow sparingly, reap sparingly. Sow generously, reap generously. That's the way that God operates. And we want to be blessed here. What are the basics in terms of a life that will experience the blessing of God in regards to stewardship? How do we do that? I've got three words for you today. They rhyme, which hopefully will help you to remember them. Or they end the same. I don't know if you'd say they rhyme, but they end the same. Here's the three words. Simplicity, generosity, eternity. First of all, simplicity. By simplicity, what we mean is that I am going to live a simple life. I am going to live beneath my income for Jesus' sake. For Jesus' sake. You're not doing it for the government. You're not doing it for, you know, um, applause. You're doing it for Jesus because I love Christ. That's That's why I do this. And obviously, this is not the American way. The American way is to live beyond your means, right? And how do you do that? By going into debt. And so the American way is to be drowning in a sea of debt and living beyond your means to impress people that, that you don't like. You've probably heard that definition of a materialist. A materialist is somebody who, li- who buys things he can't afford uh, to impress people he doesn't like. Uh, that is a materialist, and that is the American way. And perhaps you are here, and you have lived that way, and right now you're like, I can't, generous, I can't be generous, I can't even make ends meet. 
That is why since the beginning of Christianity, Christians have been known for living a simple life. Okay? They live a simple life, and by that I don't mean you know, we're back to grass huts and all of that, but they are consciously living beneath their means so that they can be generous in supporting the kingdom of God. Here's what uh, Hebrews 13 says. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So we we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do with me? So if I am going to be generous to God, which is this next point we're going to get to, I have to consciously live my life in a way that I can be generous to God. I won't have any money to do so if I spend it all on other things. And these are decisions, daily kind of decisions that we make to buy this, to do that, to order that, to get and sign up for this contract. And what happens is slowly it all sort of disappears, doesn't it? It just, it's gone. What happened to it? I don't know. I don't know where it went. Yes, you do. Look, you'll figure it out where it went. You know, if you can't give to God because of your car, then I would say to you that your car is an idol in your life. It's an idol. If you can't give to God because of your house, you bought the wrong house. You bought the wrong house. If you can't give to God because of your cable TV and your fitness center membership dues and your extra car and your credit card debt or whatever it is, the answer is very simple, my friends. Get rid of them. Okay? Get rid of them. Life with God's blessing is better than cable TV. Did you know that? 34% of you last year didn't realize that. Cable TV, or you heard me before. The blessing of God is better than 5% body fat. It's better. You get to eat too. (laughs) The blessing of God is better than an upgrade on your house. It's better. The blessing of God is better than anything of these things that they can offer because God has the ability to still give you those things if he wants to. He can. But we want want the blessing of God. We want it. So here's what I'm getting at is that we should live a lifestyle where consciously we are exercising self-control in our management of our finances so that we can be generous to God on all occasions. And if you want some help with that, we got some resources uh, at the book table today to help you with that. Dave Ramsey's book is great on, on the money makeover. Check that out, how to get your life back in order so that you have an ability to give. Jesus said it this way, if you can't handle worldly wealth, why would you be given true wealth? Luke 16, 11. Like, the way we handle money is a litmus test that God uses as to whether or not we can handle what is really valuable. And that's this right here. So let's look at our lifestyle. Let's look at our resources. And let's see, and let's make sure that we don't have to stand before God and say, sorry, God, nothing left. Sorry. It's all taken already. Second word is generosity. Generosity. Now, I would imagine today we have some guests, visitors, You may or may not be accustomed to Christianity. You may know nothing about Christianity. And as I'm talking about this, you're sitting there going, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Why would anybody be generous to a church? Why would I I be generous for the kingdom of God? Well, let me explain to you how this works. A Christian is somebody who has been broken 
over their sin and has recognized that I can do nothing to have a relationship with God. And our hearts long so much to be restored to our Creator, but we, we can't do it. And so in our despair, we have come to hear through the Bible or through a friend or something, we've come to hear that God in His love was generous to me. And He was generous to me by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to come and to die on the cross for my sins. And that Jesus Christ, who's the hero of the story, was also unbelievably generous by leaving heaven and coming to earth and dying a horrible death on the cross for me. And so we hear this word of God's generous love, and it creates in us this wonder that God would love somebody like me. Maybe you've heard the song, most Americans have, Amazing Grace. Here's the lyric, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. If you can understand those words, you'll understand where Christian generosity comes from. It is a response then to the unbelievable generosity of God in my life so that the Christian has this real sense in them of, I want to give to the one who has been so giving to me. That's the way that it works. And if you've never been around Christians before, uh, or maybe you've just sort of been out in the world where people just sort of live for themselves and you've never been exposed to somebody who has had their heart broken and restored by Jesus Christ. And that's where it comes from, amen? That's how it works. And when it works that way, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I would compare it maybe to marital love. This is the closest thing I could think of. You know, when a man commits himself to a woman or a woman to a man in marriage, they make really strong commitments that I am going to be with this person for better, for worse, richer, poorer, till death do us part. And what we see in that ceremony is that marital love produces a magnanimous and generous spirit. Or they would never make a commitment like that, right? God's love has a similar effect in your heart. It creates a magnanimous spirit where now I I'm not hiding or withholding anything of myself. I'm giving all of myself to you, God. The Bible, in fact, describes that as being a living sacrifice. That's what, that's the, I'm following Jesus with all that I have in response to his love to me. That's Christianity. That's where generosity comes from. Those things always go together. So what is generous to God? Some of you might be sitting there going, okay, I need to, this okay. Well, how can I be generous to God? I'm not going to give you a number this morning because I don't know what God's call upon you for generosity would be. I'm not going to do that. What I do want to do, though, is that we have, we have young people here. We have new Christians here. And so for, for, for people in that situation, they are like, well, how, what do I do? How, how do I even start with this? There is a principle in the Old Testament that is repeated once or twice in the New Testament, known as the tithe. You heard Dr. Evans talking about the tithe. The tithe, tithe is a Hebrew word for tenth. And the basic principle was in Israel is that they would, and this is what God said, when God, when God made a number, this was the number that he gave, that you will give me 10% of your income. Okay, the first 10% is mine, actually, is what God says in the Old Testament. 
So if you're here, you're a new Christian, you're just kind of getting going with this thing, where do I start? A tithe is a great place to begin and to say, okay, God, by faith, I, in response to your incredible love to me, I want to give back to you, and I, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to tithe. It's a good place to start. But remember in this, um, here's the goal. 2 Corinthians 9, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, that's the goal. Again, last week I said, if you, wanna, if you want, don't want the blessing of God, do it reluctantly. Have no joy in it. Be like, ah, as you do it. That's a great way to live the impoverished life. But you're not here to live the impoverished life. You're here to live the blessed life. And so to do this willingly and gladly and cheerfully is a response to God's incredible generosity to me. Now, I do want to make one thing clear. Giving to God is an obligation. It's right here in this passage. You can find it in other places as well. But look at verse 13. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, Paul says you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the, see the word, the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Your obedience. In other words, what I'm talking about here is not just a really great suggestion. This is a moral matter. This is a, this is a matter of obedience. In other words, to not do it is not just missing the blessed life. It, let me make it clear. Now, I told you I love you, right? Okay, I loved you. Now, so I'm banking on the fact that you know that I love you in saying this. This is a matter of Sin. Sin. And I think about the big numbers of people that I believe need to repent. Not just walk out saying, oh, that was kind of a helpful thing for life, but to repent before God for your disobedience. And I say that in love, my dear friends. And I know whenever you talk about money, people like Dr. Evans, oh, some of you are getting kind of, somebody's sweating in the front row. I understand that. But that is why it is so important that our Christianity impact even the things that mean the most to us for it to be real. And that's what we want here at Bethel. We want the real thing, don't we? We want the real deal here. All of me for God. Here's the third word is eternity. Eternity. What does our generosity to God do? Here's 1 Timothy 6 again. In this way, talking about the rich that are generous, I read the passage earlier, in this way they will lay up treasure for themselves, do you see that? Lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Now let me tell you how this works. What did you have when you came into this world? All together now? Nothing. And what are you going to have when you leave this world? nothing. Naked you came into the world, naked you're going to leave the world. We didn't have anything when we came, we're not going to have anything when we leave. That's the way that it works. The richest man who ever lived, like I, I read about, I think it was, uh, who's the Hughes guy? Howard Hughes. They said, how much, you know, how much did he leave? And, and the guy said he left everything. And that's true for the pharaohs, that's true for Howard Hughes, and that is true for you and me. We will leave everything. We don't get to keep anything that we have. We are temporarily stewards of it. But here's what God has said, and this is the exciting thing, my friends, is that while we don't get to keep it, 
when we give it, when we meet the needs of the poor, when we, when we help in the kingdom of God, when we support a missionary, when, whatever we're doing with it, when we give it to God for God's sake and for Jesus' sake, God says, I bank it. I bank it for you. In other words, we don't keep it, but we can send it ahead. We can send it ahead into, into eternity. And when we arrive there, in some accounting way, God says that he not only will give it back to us, but he will give it back to us with incredible interest, <laughs> incredible blessing, more than we ever sacrificed for him. And so here's the way that it works. This is the eternity point, is that a good steward thinks about their life and thinks about their uh, stewardship with an eternal perspective. I want my life to matter here, and I want it to matter there. I want to be rich towards heaven. That's what Jesus said. Don't lay up treasure here where moth and rust decay, where thieves break in and steal. Lay up treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot decay and where thieves cannot break in and steal. You want to be rich there, don't you? I do. And that is entirely dependent upon the kind of sacrifice that I make for God in this life. That's the way that it works. And in that way, we lay up treasure in heaven. And I just think this is a mindset. Do you have the mindset? A mindset of thinking about my life here in light of there. Martin Luther said there's two days to live for, this day and that day. To think eternally about everything in my life. Let me give you one practical example from my own life. Last year when I did the buried treasure, two years ago when I did the buried treasure series, um, you know, I'm not just up here talking, I, I, I feel conviction at my own preaching. <laughs> you ought to try that sometime. You want to repent, but you got to keep talking. And uh, I, got thinking about my, I got thinking about my will, actually. I've had a will. Everybody should have a will. If you don't have a will, go get a will. I have a will. And I got thinking about my will, and I got thinking about how my will looks like any unbeliever's will. There wasn't much Christianity, really, in my will. So I got thinking about that, and I thought, is that the kind of will that I'm going to be glad I had when I'm dead? And I thought, no. <laughs> so I got out my will, and I rewrote the important section, not the here, to, wherefore, that stuff. I don't know what those words mean, but I got down to the, you know, where, okay, this is what I want to happen with my stuff. And... It was fun, actually. I was like, hey, if I want to be creative here, what can I, how can I maximize for the kingdom of God? And I won't tell you everything that, I, that I've done, but just an example or two, I, um, I've put in there that I want a scholarship established for young men that want to be expository preachers to help pay for their schooling and their training. And you know what? I, I felt good as I wrote that. I thought, that would be really cool for that to happen. I think I asked Bethel to manage that, so just a warning if something happens here soon that you're, so I'll be in charge of that. Um, I thought about ministries that are important to me and how I could help them out, Bethel being one of them, and some other stuff like that. And when I got all done with it, I looked at my will and I thought, that's a will that when I'm dead, I'll be glad that's my will. I was like thinking eternally. And that's what I'm suggesting to you is that Long after your, your cable and your fitness and your, and your car and your house and all these things that suck us dry, when those are all gone, there will be eternity. 
And that's the time to live for. And to make sure that I'm living now in a way that I will be rich then. That's the goal, is to be rich there and to be a wise steward of what God gives me in this life. And here's the great thing is, is that God promises, you can read it for yourself, God promises that when I am generous to him in this life, that he will be generous to me as well. So it's not like, oh, it's such a drag now, i got to wait till heaven before it's any good at all. No. He says, I will bless you now. You so generously, I will, I will bless your life. Try me, he says in Malachi. Try me. So I just want to ask you this morning, how about you? How well are you doing on the basics? What kind of lifestyle are you living? Is there a, is there a, a contentment that allows for the second thing to be true in generosity? Are you generous to the Lord? Are you? And then are you thinking eternally? Thinking in light of what will last forever and making sure that you will be wise or be, be wealthy then. And I just say these things to you this morning. Remember, I'm saying them because I want you to come up to me someday and say, I'm glad you said them. And I think, I believe firmly, all my heart, we live this out, someday we'll be really glad that we did. We'll be really glad that we loved God who has so generously loved us. And we experience the life of blessing. I love you and want God's best and his blessing for our church. And I think that this is a big area for us to change. I love you, though. I do. And I speak these words to you in love. I do. So thank you. And that's it. Let's stand together for prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to ask that you would, by your Holy Spirit, cause truths in such a tender area of our lives to be applied faithfully, to be applied with change, that we might be a church and be a people and be families and homes that are experiencing your blessing, that you might overflow in your generosity to us. Help us to be a generous people, Lord, and may you receive glory and praise from it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. God promises a generous life of blessing to those who generously love Him. Today's message is titled, How to Be Blessed, from the Living a Generous Life series. And you can replay it online at thejourney.fm or subscribe to our podcast. Just search your favorite podcast app for The Journey with Pastor Steve DeWitt. Well, Steve, speaking of God's blessing, this is the time of the year when people look back on the past 12 months and thank God for His faithfulness in their life. And Tim, we certainly do the same here at The Journey. We are so grateful for the many ways that God has blessed our ministry over this past year. And we hope that you see this Bible teaching ministry as a blessing in your life as well. Maybe you've become a regular listener of The Journey, but you've never stepped forward to let us know that you're standing with us. Well, now is the perfect opportunity to bless someone else and give a generous year-end gift to help keep this Bible teaching ministry strong in the year ahead. 
When you give to The Journey, you can be sure that it will go directly toward airing and producing this daily Bible teaching program and reaching even more people with the truth of God's Word. Thank you in advance for your financial support. You can give a special year-end gift to support The Journey when you visit our website, thejourney.fm, or call us at 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. To say thanks for your gift, we'll send you a copy of The Treasure Principle by Randy Elkhorn. In this best-selling book, Elkhorn offers us life-changing investment advice from Christ himself and helps us discover the joy of generous living. To request your copy, call 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or visit thejourney.fm. Well, I'm Tim Svoboda. Join us next time when Pastor Steve DeWitt presents a challenging new message called King Jesus or King Money. That's coming up Thursday on The Journey. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.